just be who you are. Don't change your personality to fit into a situation. Your core, your foundation of how you present yourself, how you show up every day, that's really the thing that drives you forward in how you interact with everyone in your life. And if you decide to be a chameleon, you're going to have some struggles in life. So just be firm in your foundation, strengthen your foundation any way you can, whether that's development, religion, whatever you believe in, just really make sure that your core foundation is strong so you can be a better you for the rest of the world. Welcome to Start the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me tonight for a glass of iced tea, not sweet tea, iced tea. We have Troy Heinrichs from Schaumburg, Illinois. Troy, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jared. I feel bad that we don't have any sweet tea for you for the South, you know? You know, I'm okay with it. They brought some sweetener and I just made it work. And I think hanging out with you is what's sweet, Troy. You know, you get some of that good hang time and I can live with unsweet tea. Well, that's the best part about podcasting is that we have friends all over the country. And then we're just hanging out on Facebook one day and Jared's like, hey, I'm in Chicago. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm just, <laughs> just going to happen to be downtown like two blocks from your hotel. So let's go ahead and grab some grub. And we're here at a fantastic place in the loop and going to have some awesome burgers and chicken. Absolutely. We're going to eat. And uh, yeah, rightfully so. So Troy, you are with Golden Spiral Media. Some people aren't familiar with that, even though I've had Daryl on the show before. So let's talk a little bit about Golden Spiral Media and what your involvement is. We love Golden Spiral Media. Really started out with Daryl's podcast, The Fringe Podcast, yep. which came right from that show. And we've kind of expanded. We had a small group called TV Talk that we were actually doing TV fan podcasts with. And then when we disbanded that network, we all wanted a home. And Daryl was actually one of the producers for TV Talk. So we actually said, hey, Daryl, since you produced them all, do you want to keep them all? And we moved over here. So we brought over our Blacklist show, which we've now rebranded as The Blacklist Exposed. Yep. That's kind of my big show. And as we grew out the network, we brought in things for like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Doctor Who. We've done an X-Files podcast, Revolution podcast. Uh, what else? We had a ton of them on there. We also done the 112263 podcast for Stephen King, which was Hulu special right. that actually came out just eight weeks straight. And then we just did the Beyond Westworld podcast was our latest one that we kicked off for the HBO Westworld series, all the big hype last fall. I really enjoyed Westworld, by the way. It was fantastic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Great show. Okay. So I'm interested. Why do you like to podcast about these specific shows? And then I also want you to kind of tell us what are some of the results of doing this? Sure. I think it goes back to when I was in college. I started out with wanting to do broadcasting was my degree. But more importantly, I really love television. For some reason, we had this game that we played where we actually, when the shows come out in May, it's called the Upfronts, they basically showcase the whole entire fall season. We would then say, well, how could I program the network better? And we actually moved shows around to see if we could actually get better ratings. So it was kind of like fantasy football for TV. Nice. And because we were interested in these television programs, we had to watch everything. And so in the back of my mind, I was like, what would be the best way to do a career in television? And that would be to get paid to talk about television. Because everybody writes about television. There's thousands of bloggers. The Television Critics Association exists out there. Right. But nobody's really talking about TV, having a personal connection with the audience. And so wouldn't it be great to have the medium like podcasting because maybe satellite radio would pick something up like that or you'd have something like Talk Soup or something on, on, the, on E, right. Entertainment Network. But podcasting really gave it the ability to talk about whatever you wanted and not be tied down to a brand specifically in the sense that they would control the messaging. So we have the ability to be tied to the brand, but be able to be independent at the same time, which I think is really, really fascinating. 
So are these shows, is this just pure fun or is there also some money that comes into this? So it's a challenging balance, right? right? Because technically, like take the Blacklist, for example, the Blacklist is owned by Sony Entertainment and Davis Productions. NBC buys that show for the US. Other channels buy it for rest of the world, global in Canada, for example. But Sony is the proprietary owner of that content. So can I make money off of somebody else's content is always the big question. The way we go about it is that if we figure that the content we're providing is commentary, so we can do it as a... What's the word you're looking for? It's not creative commons. It's the, I guess, parody in a way because you're commenting on the topic. So it's like you play that 30-second clip, fair use. That's what I'm looking for. Fair use. Okay. Yeah, fair use. So you're using it as fair use, but at the same time, you really can't monetize it. So the way we're monetizing it is, of course, through our listeners and our fans because what they're paying for is they're paying for our analysis of the show, much like you'd be paying for ESPN's analysis of a football team that's technically owned by somebody else. Right. So in that case, we feel we're comfortable as long as we don't take advertising sponsors for the most part on these shows because you could be walking a gray line. Got now, it. Luckily for us, we have an in with the Blacklist crew and Sony. They like what we're doing. They haven't you know, shut us down or anything like that. They've actually invited us to be part of their season four promotional material no for the uh, Blacklist internationally. So we actually got invited out to Hollywood to do a sit down with the creator, John Bokenkamp, and his executive producer, John Eisendrath. Wow. And grill him for a good hour. And of course, you know, two and a half minutes of that hour ends up making the, the 22 minute episode cut. But it was really great that they called us, you know, podcasters from Chicago, sitting in your basement, having a day job, that we were just as cool that day as an Entertainment Weekly person. I want to touch on that for a minute because you have a lot of responsibilities with family and then, you know, work responsibilities. And then you're doing something really exciting like this on the side. So how do you balance all that? The challenge there is really trying to figure out when can you sit down and give quality time to the craft right, and not take away from the family. So luckily for me, when we started out doing this, my co-host was actually a West Coast podcaster. So when we were able to record, it was already 9.30, 10 o'clock at night because it would be 7, 8 o'clock on the West Coast. My wife was already in bed. The kids were already in bed. They got to get up at 6 in the morning, go to school at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. It's ridiculously early. I don't know why they do it. <laughs> but it helps out the podcasting side because I can stay up till midnight and only get 6 hours of sleep and still work at 6 o'clock in the morning. Sure. So for me, it worked out perfectly. So as long as we do all the podcasting stuff after 9, it all works out. The challenge then became when we moved over to the Blacklist... I ended up having a co-host that's actually here in Chicago area. So we actually moved that to Saturday mornings. So everybody wants to sleep in on a Saturday morning. We're two guys that get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock. We jump on the mics at 7, 7.30, and we get it all recorded and knocked out before anybody wakes up for breakfast. Yeah, you'd have to really love Blacklist to get up that early on a Saturday morning sure to talk do. about it. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't think anybody's questioning your commitment at this point. And it's fun too, because when you think about a TV show experience, these fan podcasts that we do, it's really about especially with competition. Let's take Westworld, for example. Westworld, when we got to the part of the season actually starting, there were 30 Westworld podcasts oh, to wow. compete against. About this Which one. I guess isn't that many, but yeah, 30 is a lot. I mean... Yeah, when you look at Blacklist and we have right. three, 30 was like, holy crap, there's 30 podcasts. We were one of the first ones out the gate. I think we had six of us for the first four weeks leading up to the show, and then everybody was on board. It was... Like, everybody's competing. Space. Yep. So then it's, okay, well, who can get out first? 
So then you have people that are like dropping their episodes right after the episode finished on Sunday night. Some people were dropping it Monday morning. We dropped ours Monday evening, Tuesday morning, kind of the overnight hours. Yeah. So you'd have something Tuesday morning to drive in at. And we felt that that was a good spot because you want to be able to analyze the content at least more than once, see whether if there's any deeper meaning, any deeper connections, and do some quality research to make the content of the show worthwhile. Right. And then when we do that, we actually then can say, here's a much better product than just a recap show. Because anybody can go to Entertainment Weekly or Hollywood Reporter or any of those places and read a recap. They want to actually go deeper into the material. And that's what we provide at Golden Spiral is that we can actually review it, analyze it, pull in the extra content and go deeper with the message, which then engages the fans that much more. Right. What's a typical formula for episodes that you do? Typically, what we tend to do is, and this is kind of something that Aaron and I do. Aaron Peterson's my co-host for Blacklist and for Westworld is that we don't like that recap formula. Right. So what we do is we tend to come into the episode with a, let's finish off last week first. So we always do like a question of the week. Blacklist, it's profiling question of the week because it's all about the FBI. Right. And Westworld, it was the park satisfaction survey (laughs) because it was a theme park. Yes. And then, well, it's not a theme park. It's an entire world, if you believe what Robert Ford says in the show. But we have that question and then we take fan feedback answers at the start of the show for maybe eh, four to six minutes, eight minutes, somewhere's in there. And then we get into the meat of the content. We do just a quick wrap up, like in case you didn't see the episode or don't remember what happened, here's like a quick two second rundown, kind of do a little fun with that, have a little game, have some hidden Easter eggs in there that people can then tweet back and say if they got the Easter eggs or not. And then we go into the characters and we actually talk about this show from a character progression standpoint or a topic progression standpoint. Like what did you think about Liz in this episode or Reddington in this episode or in the case of Westworld? You know, is the concept of Dolores's mind something we need to explore deeper? And we have conversations about that rather than saying, oh, did you see this can of milk that fell? Or did you see this right. little tiny thing that fell? Because everybody picks apart the details. We want to go deeper into the thought process. And why did the writers even write this in the first place? Which I think Hollywood takes a notice of because then they call us and say, hey, we really like your breakdown and analysis. Why don't you guys interview us or partner with us? And that's kind of where we got in with the Blacklist podcast is in, that's awesome that in the writer's listening. room. Yeah, they're, they're paying totally. attention. John Bokenkamp, the creator, listens to our podcast every week. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Over lunch, he just... That's got to be so... I mean, that's got to be gratifying. Like, it is, and it's scary, too, because we know he's listening, and we try to not... We don't sugarcoat it. We want to be that independent. We're not getting paid by Sony. We're not sure. getting paid by NBC. Well, so, I would think that's certainly one of the reasons he loves it, is the authenticity there and that valuable insight... You know, here's what people are thinking. And it's not just ours. It's the fan connection, too. So yeah. we're, we're hitting the, I want to say it's up to like 20,000 people on Facebook get to see our content and our message and we're integrating with them and chatting with them, getting their viewpoints, bringing them into the show. So it's not just what Aaron and I think. It's either validated by the audience. Like if we say this scene really didn't work and 10 other people said the scene doesn't work either, granted, it's a small sample set, but you can see that there's a pattern or a theme that's going on with that particular thing. Or this one really, really worked. Great thing that we had was uh, there was an episode where our downloads like doubled the week before. So uh, literally, we put out the episode next morning, we, we scored it. The next week, we did the episode, and the next day, we scored it, and it was twice the amount. Wow. And we told John, I was like, hey, we, you might have a really good episode here because we've seen double the downloads on our podcast. So, and then we just noticed that it doubled the rest of the week. So it became one of the bigger episodes in Blacklist fandom. And the fact that we can give him that instant feedback you know, more than what the television ratings will show, I think really shows that they know that we know our stuff. I love it. 
to talk about Westworld for a moment. One of the things that really caught me about Westworld, there was many. I loved Westworld. But one thing that was kind of funny to me, and I'm sure people picked this up, but the, the piano in the bar oh my gosh. would play all these random but classic songs that you wouldn't expect. I mean, you know, like Black Hole Sun by... I can't even think of the name of that, but Soundgarden. Soundgarden, yeah. Yeah, and then you'd hear like... Uh, oh, the Painted Black rendition was yes. fantastic. Yeah, oh mean, my all, gosh. All these little, you know, I just caught that and I thought, that's genius. Like, that is really a nice touch. Well, and it gives you an experience, too. If you think about it as a visitor to this theme park where you have android robotic technology that has to be in the future from now. Right. So if I'm future of now... These songs technically would be quote unquote oldies, oldies, if yeah. you will, mm-hmm. and so it really gives you a sense of time and purpose. But then to be able to give you that still Western feel to a modern song really showcases because if they tried to play something from like the 1800s, it yeah. would take you. I think it would take you out of that guest experience. You want something that's familiar but in that Western flair, and I think they really did a great job with that. Um, you know, Rimini, who did the uh, the score for the entire show, yeah, just they, they did a stuff. cover of Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Fake plastic Paper trees. Tree, I think yeah, it was, yep. yeah, it was wonderful. Okay, so now I'm going to put you on the spot. And what, we can stick with Westworld, and then we can tie this into uh, you know, some of the other shows. But starting with Westworld, what do you think are some life applications oh, wow. um, to take away from what you've seen in season one of Westworld? The biggest thing with Westworld that I sat back and said, it was in, we talked about this before we did the show, because I'm very much a one that kind of sits back and says, hey, how are we going to think about what do we want to take away from this experience. So HBO typically is not a safe channel. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Some people don't want to be tempted with nudity and gratuitousness like Game of Thrones throws at you. And Which knowing, I also like Game of Thrones, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> great show. The, the thing with this one was, was when you have a theme park where literally humans can do whatever it is they want, their deepest, darkest desires with no repercussions... That's really the interesting thing to find out, how far would I go? And if I'm watching this, what does that do to me as a person? Am I going to be entranced by that, think like that, maybe act like that, or change my style or behavior because of that? And that's something I really had to grapple with before I started even watch the show. And so then I decided to take a viewpoint that as we were talking about the podcast, I'm going to look at it as someone who would play white hat the whole time. And then my co-host said he would be the black hat. And so that helped with the dialogue of the conversation as the show went on. Oh, well said. You know, we just had some delicious food placed right in front of us. So I think that's a, a kind of a nice way to start saying, hey, let's wrap this up. Troy, first of all, what is the best place for people to connect with you online? The best place to go, it would be, it's really weird. I don't become friends with everybody on Facebook. I'd like to meet <laughs> people in real life first. Sure. So you can message me on Facebook. Be happy to have a conversation with you on a messenger. But Twitter, obviously, at Troy Heinrich. That's H I. Easiest way is Heinz Ketchup, Ritz Crackers, no Z in the middle, and aired in either fortune, but I'd love to be. But really, about.me slash Troy Heinrichs, you can go there, got links to all those shows, check them out. It'd be really great to hear from you. If you're a Blacklist fan, jump in. If you're a Westworld fan, catch up. And otherwise, PackersFanPodcast.com is out there as well for the Packers, since we're from Wisconsin. And we also do one called Remake This Movie Right, which is a really interesting concept. With the Ghostbusters remake last year, we said they're ruining our childhoods. Hollywood needs to be stopped. So we decided to remake the shows better, remake the movies better. And we're on season three of that. Just kicked off season three recently. Oh, I love that idea. That's great. And of course, we always ask for a final thought. So if you'd give us your final thoughts. Just be who you are. Don't change your personality to fit into a situation. 
your core, your foundation of how you present yourself, how you show up every day. That's really the thing that drives you forward in how you interact with everyone in your life. And if you decide to be a chameleon, you're going to have some struggles in life. So just be firm in your foundation, strengthen your foundation any way you can, whether that's development, religion, whatever you believe in, just really make sure that your core foundation is strong so you can be a better you for the rest of the world. Hey, Troy, I'm grateful for your time, man. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks so much, Jared. (laughs) 